0: Good day to all of my brothers and sisters at ASI. I would say good morning, but it's not morning anymore. But just relax. We're going to be studying God's word. And we're going to focus upon those precious three angels' messages. I want to express deep appreciation to Pastor Wentley Phipps for that wonderful rendition of It Is Well With My Soul. How is it with your soul today? Is the Lord touching your heart in a special way? By His grace the Holy Spirit is present and will touch each of us. Thank you Bob for that introduction. It's so important that we understand we are here to lift up God's Word, the precious messages of the spirit of prophecy, and to tell somebody else about it. And thank you, Tini, for reading that marvelous scripture. You know, the scripture in Revelation chapter three and verse 11 tells us It's Jesus' words, I'm coming quickly, hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. We're going to be moving into another scripture and I want to thank in a very special way the 3ABN team and ASI leadership. You know they've had a little challenge COVID was interrupting activities. They weren't sure whether they would even be able to portray everything with PowerPoint. But I want to tell you, praise God for volunteers and ASI members and 3ABN members or or participants who will fill in the gap and hold fast that which they have. For just a moment, I want to pray, especially for those who contracted COVID, that they will recover quickly. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father in heaven, come close to the precious team at 3ABN. We thank you for their ministry and their outreach. We ask that you will especially be with those who have contracted COVID. And they have a complete and quick recovery. And we pray for all of those who are here in this auditorium and those who are watching. Keep our church members and yes, not only this nation but nations around the world safe from this pestilence. We know that these things will come and Lord, this is only the beginning, we know that. So please help us as we look to the future to lean completely on you. Now bless as we open your word and talk about your three angels' messages. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen. Matthew 28, very familiar to all of you. Verses 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You know, it's an enormous privilege to be alive today just before Jesus' soon coming. This is the time of the end. The end is upon us. And now is the time to proclaim through the power of the Holy Spirit the three angels' messages into all the world as your ASI theme so aptly states. And last night... The message indicated that the three angels' messages will bring unity because we're focused upon God's mission. And I love this stylized rendition of the three angels' messages. Someone creative within the ASI organization commissioned that and worked with it, three wings, the curvature of the earth, I don't care how you stylize it, how you frame it, how you picture it. These messages are so relevant for us today, and they are what God wants us to do, to proclaim these messages in a powerful way. Now the COVID-19 pandemic has brought a lot of strange restrictions and limitations, but I want to tell you this, is helping us to see how more efficiently we can promote God's last day message and work through electronic means as well as on-site in-person activities as we recognize the urgency of the times. It's a privilege for Seventh-day Adventist members worldwide to redouble our efforts through the power of the holy spirit in proclaiming these powerful three angels messages of revelation 14 and the corresponding fourth angel of revelation 18. the lord's calling you and me to be part of this amazing last day movement this is god's mission entrusted to you and to me." Now that's who Seventh-day Adventists are, bringing all of God's precious truths of His Word to people around the world. And what a privilege it is at this ASI convention to have so many people from different parts of the world coming together in a dynamic way. Because God is asking us, will you go? Will you be part of reaching the world for Jesus and his soon coming? I want to ask you today, those of you here in the auditorium, those of you watching, wherever you might be, how are you going to respond? I want to thank ASI members for your commitment to the three angels' messages and to highlighting them at this ASI Convention. I want to express special appreciation and tribute to ASI around the world. I want to tell you we have tried to promote and it's working, God is blessing, the work of ASI worldwide. Every division has its own unit, its own organization, they relate Internally, within their division. We have a coordinating committee for ASI at the General Conference, chaired by a good associate of mine, Mike Ryan, where we make sure that we are working together all over the world through supporting ministries. I want to thank God for supporting ministries. Thank you, ASI, for what you have done. I'll be with OCI tomorrow morning, opportunity to see what that organization is doing, how it is developing, and be able to pray with them. OCI has units all over the world, and what a privilege it is for our divisions and our unions and local fields and churches to cooperate with ASI in the finishing of God's work. ASI is an important part of God's precious mission. Now back to the three angels' messages, I want to tell you that at the general conference we have established, and you might say, well, that's just what the GC does. They always establish committees. We established a three angels' messages committee. But I want to tell you, this committee is quite different. It is so active, it is so engaged, it is producing all kinds of materials, many of which you will see in the very near future. Some of my good colleagues, again, Mike Ryan, Arthur Stelle, Elias Brazil de Souza, our wonderful director of Biblical Research Institute, so solid in God's word. My wonderful colleague, Mark Finley who has produced materials, you've heard about them. They and many others are involved with the Three Angels Messages Committee. So we are together, we are in sync, we are part of fulfilling what God has asked us to do at the end of time, and that is to share the Three Angels Messages. I wanna express special tribute and appreciation to your ASI president, Steve Dickman. I have thoroughly enjoyed working with Steve over the last number of years. He, along with you, are so supportive of the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and supportive of the administration and the organized work. ASI is organized too but you understand what I mean. Thank you, Steve, for the wonderful way in which you have helped to lead this organization. Last evening, I had a a nice chat with Andy Hunsaker who will be shouldering the burden for the next, the future, however the Lord leads, and her passion for the mission of actually seeing real things happen, not just producing materials or talking about it, but actually seeing God's word penetrate people's hearts and lives changed. So we look forward to wonderful cooperative efforts with ASI for the future. You see, as an ASI member, committed to this last day message. I want you to be a part, a vital part, of the revitalization of your local church, your supporting ministries and institutions, your work, wherever it might be, in implementing revival and reformation, pleading with the Holy Spirit to bring an encouragement and a spiritual life to church members so that they can share these precious three angels' messages. I invite you to join me, I do it every morning, to invite the Lord to send the latter rain of the Holy Spirit so that we can accomplish the proclamation three angels' messages into all the world. In order to do that, we need revival, reformation, repentance, and humility to allow the Holy Spirit to truly lead. You see, revival and reformation are foundational, but then the Holy Spirit says, but what are you going to do about it? The Lord wants us as faithful ASI members lay members others to be a vital part of the last advent movement basing your proclamation of the three angels messages on the holy word the bible and his spirit of prophecy now friends I want to tell you and Bob mentioned it Dr. Hunsucker, I should say he mentioned it Yes, I'm a believer in the spirit of prophecy. I want to tell you, I don't make any apologies for using it or promoting the spirit of prophecy because it is heavenly counsel. It is one of God's greatest gifts to the Seventh-day Adventist church. It is heaven sent. I firmly believe that Ellen White was inspired by God. Through the spirit of prophecy messages, God is speaking to us right here in Orlando today, in the year 2021, or wherever you may be. So as you study God's Word, the foundation and rule of our faith, don't get any false ideas. The spirit of prophecy does not take the place of the Holy Word. The Holy Word is the foundation. But I want to tell you the spirit of prophecy points us to Jesus and to his word. Helping to clarify what we believe and instructing us in God's mission to the world. Now both God's prophetic word and the spirit of prophecy are as relevant today as they ever have been. And what a privilege it is that God has given light to us to share with others during this pandemic and until Jesus returns. And we are entering, I believe, the end of time and Christ's return is upon us. Signs tell us that the prophecies of the Bible are being fulfilled before our very eyes you would have to be blind or absolutely ignoring what you see in order to not understand that the scripture is being fulfilled just as God predicted. Please don't pay any attention to strange voices. And let me tell you, we have too many of them today. Strange voices floating even within the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh, don't worry about prophecy. We can't understand it fully. The Bible's not very clear. Life on this earth is going to go on for many more years. Don't worry. Don't listen to those voices. None of us should predict when Jesus is going to come and be careful of anybody who does you know someone who says well I've got this chart all worked out I know the exact date when Jesus don't believe them because only the Father knows when the Lord will return but God has given many signs in the books of Daniel Revelation 24th chapter of Matthew and elsewhere indicating the signs of Jesus return we are very close. What a time to be part of the Advent movement. Don't become discouraged or feel cut off from the church. I want to tell you, you are the church. You're a vital instrument in the hands of God in your division here in North America in your division wherever you might be, in your union, your local field, your local church. If you think something's wrong in your local church, realize that Revelation 3, we read from that chapter, Teeny read from it. Revelation 3 tells us about the Laodicean condition that we're in and God calls you and me to sound a wonderful happy note of encouragement to the world about Christ's offer of the gold of truth, refined in the fire of Christ's white raiment of righteousness and of his eye ointment so we can see clearly. You know, people during this pandemic, they're going to ask all kinds of questions and are, what happened? What should I do? Is life going to become always unstable? What does God say? Is is there a God? And you can enthusiastically respond as part of this Advent movement and say I have great news for you. There is a God who has a plan and a message for you. He gave his life so that we might have eternal life. And let me share my own personal testimony, and what the Bible says. You see, my dear friends from ASI and whoever may be watching, don't stray from the Bible or allow strange voices to influence you to be unsure about what we believe let me categorically say today we have strong biblical foundational truths that God has given us from the beginning of our Advent movement and they are going to remain until Jesus comes and we are to deliver them to the world hold fast what you have. Never get distracted from the central mission focus that God has entrusted into our hands. As we read in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, God is calling us to go to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and help them to keep God's teachings. He has promised us to be with us until the end. He formed the Seventh-day Adventist Church, God's remnant church, to proclaim his three angels' messages of Revelation 14. In Testimonies for the Church, volume nine, page 19, it says the following. In a special sense, Seventh-day Adventists have been set in the world as watchmen and light bearers. To them has been entrusted the last warning for a perishing world. On them is shining wonderful light from the word of God. They have been given a work of the most solemn import, the proclamation of the first, the second, and the third angel's messages. There is no other work of so great importance. They, and get this sentence, my friends, This is why ASI has highlighted this theme. This is why each of us must highlight this theme. They, Seventh-day Adventists, you and me, all around the world, Seventh-day Adventists, they are to allow nothing else to absorb their attention. Okay, life goes on. You've got all kinds of things grabbing your attention. We understand that. But the high priority is a message which God has given to you and to me as Seventh-day Adventists to proclaim to the world. What are you doing with it? The devil attempts to distract us from one thing, the one thing that we're supposed to be doing, proclaiming those three angels' messages. Now, Revelation... Chapter 14 and verse six tells us, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, so this is the first angel, all right? This angel having the everlasting gospel, there is nothing more precious than the plan of salvation that was instituted by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Yes, my brothers and sisters, there is a Godhead made up of three persons. These three persons are united into one. Can I explain that? No, but I believe it by faith. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit met even before the creation of this world. They knew that even before the creation of the earth that Adam and Eve would sin and that someone would need to be a substitute, a perfect being. And Jesus, the Son of God, volunteered. He was the first one to say, I will go. Jesus paid the price and satisfied the law because Jesus was perfect. He died and rose for you and for me. He's interceding right now in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. And let me say again kind of parenthetically, yes, dear friends, there is a real sanctuary in heaven with a real most holy place in heaven where our real high priest, Jesus Christ, is ministering for us. He entered there in 1844 at the end of the 2,300-year prophecy. I want to tell you that biblical prophecies are real and Daniel 8.14 is absolutely rock-solid. Don't believe anybody that says, oh, no, no, that, that was only 2,300 days. Um, and, you know, it ended with someone called Antiochus Epiphanes. No, my friends, don't believe that. Amen. We have a precious message, a day-year principle given to us to understand how we are to interpret prophecy. Seventh-day Adventists use the historical, grammatical, or Historical, uh, historical, grammatical, biblical approach allowing the Bible to explain and interpret itself line upon line and verse upon verse. Amen. The Seventh-day Adventist Church should never be involved with the historical critical method or as it's termed higher criticism because the person who is involved in that becomes the deciding factor as to what is truth and error. No, allow the Bible to interpret itself using the historicist method of interpreting Bible prophecy. We do not use the futurist or the preterist methods, but rather the historicist approach, understanding that history has played out according to what God has indicated. Now in verse six, going back to Revelation 14, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now this amazing everlasting gospel has at the very core of it, the everlasting gospel, the very core of it, Christ and his righteousness, his sacrifice, his justifying righteousness his sanctifying righteousness the very core of the three angels messages is based upon Jesus Christ not on you and me we respond to the gospel message by becoming followers of God That's why we do good things. That's why ASI does so many good things, because we're connected to the source of all good things, Jesus Christ. That's why sanctification takes place. That again is Christ's righteousness working in you to will and to do of his own good pleasure and helping you to become more and more like him through his power. Give God the glory. Now, that's what the scripture says. You know when someone compliments you, oh, you're doing a great job, thank you, you spoke so well, blah, blah, whatever it is. Just tell the person, praise the Lord. Yes. Give God the glory, not yourself. It says here, for the hour of his judgment has come. Yes, we are being judged. Beginning in 1844, the investigative judgment in the most holy place in heaven began. The Lord is looking at the lives of people down through history. One day probation will close, so that's why it's so important to start every day with the Lord, to accept his righteousness. Yes, this judgment is also in front of the entire universe telling whether God's wonderful foundation of love is just and pure and true. And of course, at the end of time, it will be shown that everything God does is perfect. He will be justified before the universe. What a God we serve. It goes on to say that we ought to worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Now, this is a very crucial part because it ties into the third angel's message. This is the signifying phrase telling us God is all-powerful as the creator. We're to worship him not only in spirit and truth but on the day that he has asked us to worship him which is the seventh day Sabbath, the sign of his authority. It's the very same day we're worshiping him right now. And that day has never been lost throughout history. Now I'm going to share very openly with you. I don't mean to offend anyone. And I'm going to speak plainly in the next few moments. The seventh-day Sabbath is going to be one of the greatest controversial topics of the last days. It is in great opposition to the mark of the beast because the seal of God is the keeping of the seventh-day Sabbath telling people, I believe God is the creator of this earth in six literal days recently. It says, when I, when I make this proclamation, it says God has rulership over the universe and my life. When I keep his seventh-day Sabbath, I'm saying I will give him all my allegiance. God didn't consecrate or make holy Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's only one day that he set aside as his special holy day, and he asks us to worship him on his seventh day Sabbath. So I'm going to tell you that both the Bible and the spirit of prophecy are very clear. The time will come and I don't think it's too far away, to make the ultimate decision of who to worship by indicating where our loyalties lie. Our loyalties with God by worshiping him on the day he is indicated, the holy seventh-day Sabbath, regardless of the consequences or on the other side by following the beast who has set up his false day of worship. It is at that time that those who choose to keep Sunday will receive the mark of the beast. For the mark of the beast is the keeping of Sunday, the beast's false day of worship. Let me read to you something from the great controversy. This is a marvelous book. I believe every word in this book. I support it and I promote it. The full and complete book. In fact, we're planning two years of massive distribution of millions upon millions of the full, large, great controversy in the years 2023 and 2024. Now that doesn't prevent you in any way from distributing this book right now. Do it. It's already been voted by our General Conference Executive Committee and it's called The Great Controversy Project 2.0. That's because a few years ago we had great distribution of the great controversy, but I want to tell you this is going to be massive. In fact, we're even talking about distributing up to 1 billion copies of this book. (laughs) Praise be to God. Now I want to urge you to strongly support and participate in this program. Ellen White herself said this book, The Great Controversy, was the book she wished circulated more than any other book she had written because it has such great truth beginning with the early Christian church to the end of time. And I want to thank God for ASI members and others who are participating in their own way in distributing this incredible book. Project Restore, Ron and Pat Goss, doing their part. Another organization, wonderful group of people, Streams of Light, with Oleg Lotka and a good friend of mine, Doug Sales, he and I worked together at the Review and Herald years ago. They are hoping, Streams of Light, to distribute the great controversy into every home in America. Support the entire program of a worldwide venture to distribute this book so that people will know the full truth. I wholeheartedly recommend this book to you and on a page 604 of great controversy, it says, with the issue thus clearly brought before him, whoever shall trample upon God's law to obey a human enactment receives the mark of the beast. So anyone who will not follow God's request of worshiping on the seventh-day Sabbath at the time of the National Sunday Law, when personal decisions will need to be made, will receive the mark of the beast. It goes on to say on page 605 in Great Controversy, the Sabbath will be the great test of loyalty, for it is the point of truth especially controverted. When the final test shall be brought to bear upon men, then the line of distinction will be drawn between those who serve God and those who serve him not, while the observance of the false Sabbath in compliance with the law of the state, contrary to the fourth commandment, shall be an avowal of allegiance to a power that is in opposition to God. The keeping of the true Sabbath in obedience to God's law is an evidence of loyalty to the Creator. While one class, by accepting, I'm not sure where it is on the screen because it should be there, in. While one class, by accepting the sign of submission to the earthly powers, receives the mark of the beast. The other, choosing the token of allegiance to divine authority, received the seal of God, or receives the seal of God. So the seal of God is connected with the keeping of the seventh-day Sabbath holy, and you can't keep the Sabbath holy on your own. Amen. won't happen but in your reliance on the Lord. He is justifying and his sanctifying power works in you to bring glory to him. Now, another amazing quotation is found in Great Controversy, page 624. And it says, as the crowning act and the great drama of deception, Satan himself will personate Christ. I'm not sure where the visual is, but we have one. and this is an amazing situation. The crowning act and the great drama of deception, Satan himself will personate Christ. The church has long professed to look to the Savior's advent as the consummation of her hopes. Now the great deceiver will make it appear that Christ has come. In different parts of the earth, Satan will manifest himself among men as a majestic being of dazzling brightness resembling the description of the Son of God given by John in the Revelation. The glory that surrounds him is unsurpassed by anything that mortal eyes have yet beheld. The shout of triumph rings out upon the air, Christ has come, Christ has come. The people prostrate themselves in adoration before him while he lifts up his hands and pronounces a blessing upon them as Christ blessed his disciples when he was upon the earth. His voice is soft and subdued yet full of melody. In gentle, compassionate tones, he presents some of the same gracious heavenly truths which the Savior uttered. He heals the diseases of the people. And then, get this, my friends, and then, in his assumed character of Christ, he claims to have changed the Sabbath to Sunday and commands all To hallow the day which he has blessed. Can you imagine the deception and unbelievable delusion? You will not be able to believe what you see or hear. You can only believe what you read in the Bible. When Jesus comes, the Bible says, Every eye will see him. Not just a few. And continuing this amazing description in the Great Controversy says, I want you to get the full impact of this. This is where we're headed. You think COVID was bad. Come on. COVID's just a little blip. He declares that those who persist in keeping holy the seventh day are blaspheming his name by refusing to listen to his angels Sent to them with light and truth, which is absolutely, of course, not the case. This is the strong, almost overmastering delusion. My friends, don't be deceived. Amen. Listen to this amazing quotation from Maranatha, one of the Morning Watch books that was produced. The writings of Ellen White, Maranatha, page 208. Some will be tempted to receive these wonders as from God. The sick will be healed before us. Miracles will be performed in our sight. Are we prepared for the trial which awaits us when the lying wonders of Satan shall be more fully exhibited? Will not many souls be ensnared and taken by departing from the plain precepts and commandments of God and giving heed to fables, the minds of many are preparing to receive these lying wonders. We must all now seek to arm ourselves for the contest in which we must soon engage. Faith in God's word, prayerfully studied and practically applied, will be our shield from Satan's power and will bring us off conquerors through the blood of of Christ. So my friends, don't take your eyes off of Jesus, off of his holy word and that which he is calling you to proclaim. Interestingly, and I didn't coordinate this with my friend Art Humphrey, who was working with White Horse Media, I just received this Thursday, I guess it was, and, uh, and, and watched it Thursday night. It's called The Crowning Act. You can get it online. It's a 28 and a half minute depiction of what we just read. I hope you and many others will not be deceived. The second angel in verse 8 says, And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This is the church down through the Middle Ages that continues today led by the papacy that according to Bible prophecy is going to unite with apostate Protestantism and spiritualism to form the triumvirate. These powers will try They will not succeed. They will try to bring submission to all those who follow the word of God. So my dear brothers and sisters, stay close to the word of God. Don't allow delusions to come in since Babylon is a symbol of complete confusion and the mixing of error and truth. Babylon is fallen because it does not represent the king of the universe. It re- represents the devil and satanic influences to confuse people. Babylon is all about chaos and confusion. So my dear friends, stay close to a pure, simple understanding of the word of God. Stay with the grammatical The historical grammatical or historical biblical, both terms are used, approach which allows the Bible to interpret itself. The Great Controversy, page 588. Through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul, that's the false lie of the devil that something lives beyond death. Sadly, one of our precious grandsons, James, died about eight weeks ago. James had a very rare illness called Alexander disease. It destroys the myelin which covers the nerves and does not allow for the rapid signals of activity that normally you and I enjoy with a protected nervous system. It promotes degeneration. James had infantile onset with a prognosis of anywhere from one to 10 years of life. James was almost eight years old when he succumbed to that illness. I praise God that we have three wonderful daughters and their husbands, our sons-in-law, are all members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we praise God that our precious daughters are so focused upon God's word and upon living according to the promises of God. We praise the Lord for their faithfulness. They provided us with 11 grandchildren. And I suppose you can say we still have 11, but now 10 who are with us. But you know, on that day, June 8th, The day little James died, and as a family, and Elizabeth, our precious daughter, and David, our dear son-in-law, together with family, we put James in the ground. It was a simple burial in a family cemetery in Western North Carolina, where my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, and our sister-in-law are buried. As we sang hymns of the blessed hope, we put little James in the ground and we all dug the grave ourselves. Had a lot of help, but we did it ourselves. We put James in the ground in that little casket that was handmade by his father, David. And James is simply sleeping as Jesus said. Death is like a sleep. The Bible says you don't know anything. There's nothing that flies away, nothing that lives on, except that the Lord remembers James. And when the Lord returns with that shout and trumpet, as 1 Thessalonians 4:16 tells us, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then James will come alive, and he will ascend to meet Jesus. And what a joyous experience that's gonna be. James will again be placed in the arms of his dear mother Elizabeth and our dear son-in-law, the father David. We do not believe in the immortality of the soul. We believe that when Jesus comes, he will put life back into those who have died in him. Little James will grow up in heaven after Jesus returns and takes us there. We do not believe in the immortality of the soul, but the devil tries to bring that in to cause confusion, and that's where spiritualism is going to be combined, of course, with the Roman power and the apostate Protestantism. Those three in a triumvirate union that will cause great confusion for people. It is Babylon. Continuing to read, in the Great Controversy, page 588, it says, through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul, which we just talked about, and sacred Sunday, uh, Sunday sacredness, Satan will bring the people under his deceptions, while the former, that's immortality, lays the foundation of spiritualism, and let me tell you, it is rife today. It's not just off in some far-flung place of the world. It's right here. The latter, that is sacred, Sunday sacredness, creates a bond of sympathy with Rome. The Protestants of the United States will be foremost in stretching their hands across the gulf to grasp the hand of spiritualism. They will reach over the abyss to clasp hands with the Roman power. And under the influence of this threefold union, this country. It's talking about the United States, the country in which we are in. And I praise God for the United States. I'm grateful for the liberty we have. But it won't last. Don't be fooled. So... Under the influence of this 3 union, threefold union, this country will follow in the step of Rome in trampling on the rights of conscience. Don't be fooled. Yeah, the stock market keeps going up. Things maybe are kind of evening out. Let me tell you, we are headed to the end. The United States is that two-horned beast of Revelation 13. Those two horns representing republicanism. I'm not talking about the party. I'm talking about the republic and protestantism. That beast in Revelation 13 will create an image to the beast, the papacy, through a national Sunday law which will become universal. How that will happen, I don't exactly know, but it will. Make no mistake about what the Bible and the spirit of prophecy clearly indicate about last day events and prophecy. Now I wanted to say that in the book Evangelism, we're counseled not to unnecessarily provoke those in the Roman church, but you need to know what you believe and be willing to share it kindly And in a straightforward way. The final prophetic fulfillment is coming soon. It goes on to say in verse 9, then the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest or not a day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. So receiving the mark in the forehead, as many of you know, represents your conscious acceptance and belief of the beast's instructions. Receiving the mark in your hand represents that even if you may not believe those instructions, you will sacrifice your eternal life simply to temporarily save your own life. Now let me just tell you straightforwardly and with kindness. Bible prophecy indicates clearly that the beast is the papacy. This historicist understanding was accepted by many Protestant reformers long before the Seventh-day Adventist church existed and of course we also accept this teaching based on a careful study of scripture and history. Therefore, since the beast is the papacy, the mark of the beast is the keeping of the false day of worship Sunday. Last Day Events, marvelous book. I hope you have a copy. You can certainly get it online for, for nothing. But I like marking up books. I don't know about you and my Bible. Last Day Events, page 224. The mark of the beast is the papal Sabbath. When the test comes, it will be clearly shown what the mark of the beast is. It is the keeping of Sunday. The sign or seal of God is revealed in the observance of the seventh-day Sabbath, the Lord's memorial of creation. The mark of the beast is the opposite of this, the observance of the first day of the week. I want to tell you, I believe every word of this explanation from the spirit of prophecy, and I hope you do too. Don't allow anyone to distract you from the holy word of God and spirit of prophecy, truth. I want to read two other quotations. They're not going to be on the screen. Uh, they're so important. Last Day Events, page 136 and 137. You can look them up yourselves later. Now this one is really amazing. Are you ready? Page 136, Last Day Events. The whole world is to be stirred with enmity against Seventh Day Adventists because they will not yield homage to the papacy by honoring Sunday the institution of this anti-Christian power. That's talking to you and to me. On page 137 last day events all Christendom will be divided into two great classes those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus as of course is referenced essentially in revelation twelve seventeen and revelation 14 verse 12 and contrasting those who worship the beast and his image and receive his mark so the three angels messages end with that marvelous verse 12 here is the patience of the saints here are those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus by god's grace and power let's keep all the commandments of god let's have complete faith in jesus let's lean on him in all we do as we enter the end of time Now, in closing, my friends, what are you going to do with this message? We're not to go around beating people over the head with it. That's not what God says. But we're to share it with love and with hope. The three angels' messages not only have strong warning, but great hope in the righteousness of Christ because God has a plan, the everlasting gospel. How will you share this precious, relevant message? As we plead for the latter reign of the Holy Spirit, he will inspire you to go from this ASI convention as part of God's final, last-day mission entrusted to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You know, the story of Isaiah chapter 6 tells us of his being amazed by God's throne room and feeling very inadequate however the Lord's angel touched Isaiah's lip, lips with a live coal symbolizing the cleansing of his sin in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8 God asks after this experience that Isaiah had whom shall I send and who will go for us I think it's a rather profound Thing at the end of that verse where it says "us," because again, it's saying God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Who will go for us? And Isaiah immediately responds, and he says, "Here I am. Send me." In essence, he said, "I will go." The Seventh Day Adventist Church's strategic plans for this new quinquennium has the theme of "reach the world." I will go. God wants you to be involved in his last day saving proclamation of the three angels' messages. Older people, younger people, using every method possible. Outright public evangelism, personal evangelism, comprehensive health ministry, which I want to tell you medical missionary work is the last work any of us will do. Use it. Mission to the cities, publishing work, educational activity, social media, personal contacts, total member involvement, whatever it is, use it. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. God wants you to respond to him by saying, Lord, yes, you've given us these three angels' messages, these, these messages into all the world. And that fourth angel of Revelation 18, which talks about the confusion of Babylon, pointing pointing this to the second and third angel's messages telling people to leave Babylon and join God's remnant church. I want to invite you today in the spirit of total member involvement, everybody doing something for Jesus. To say yes, Lord. Use me. Here I am. I will go and share this message. One day very soon, Steve alluded to it this morning, we're gonna look up in that sky, in that eastern sky, we're gonna see that little cloud appearing about half the size of a man's hand, kind of dark in nature, but getting brighter and brighter and larger and larger and soon the whole sky will be filled with all of heaven poured out there in the middle of that cloud, of those supporting angels. You know, supporting ministries are kind of like supporting angels. Thank you, ASI. In the middle of that cloud of those supporting angels, all focusing on the center, we will look up and we will see Jesus. And we will say, this is the God we have waited for. And he will say, well done. Good and faithful servants, enter into the joy of your Lord. And we will ascend to heaven together. I long for that day. We'll see little James again. By God's grace, you'll see your loved ones who have died in the Lord, but the most important thing is you will see Jesus. And you'll look around and you'll see those whom you've invited because you said, yes, Lord, I will go. I'll be part of God's last day message to this world. I will go. As we... Heard those words as Teeny read from Revelation 3, verse 11. Jesus was speaking. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. My brothers and sisters, at this ASI convention or wherever you may be right now, If you want to commit yourself to Christ and hold fast to his last day message and be part of sharing the three angels' messages into all the world through the Holy Spirit's power, would you join me in quietly standing to your feet right now in commitment to our Lord? I'm going to ask Pastor Wintley Phipps to share this marvelous, wonderful appeal song. I surrender all. And then we will conclude this commitment with prayer. Father, thank you for the beautiful strains of music from this Lovely ensemble, and from the vocal cords of your servant, Pastor Phipps. You have brought to us a tremendous opportunity to commit everything into your hands as we face the future, an uncertain future, but a future which we understand from prophecy will be fulfilled and it will come out just fine because we will depend upon you. You and you alone. Yes, Lord, some of us may face persecution. Some of us may even face death. But it won't be for long because you're coming so very soon. Now Lord, these three angels' messages, they're not just for preachers, they're not just for televangelists, they're not just for lovely renditions being sung, they're for everybody to share with everybody else. Help us to know within the appropriate contexts, how to do that in 2021. We know your coming is imminent please send the latter rain of the Holy Spirit to guide us and to open the pathway before us and to help us to fully submit to you. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We ask for revival and reformation and repentance. We we offer to you our hearts in humility, asking that you will use this mighty group of supporting ministries in ASI and all of us as we proclaim the three angels messages into all the world not through our own power but through the power of the Holy Spirit thank you now for hearing us send us from this auditorium and from this convention filled with a renewed understanding of who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. Thank you for hearing us in the mighty and precious name of our Creator, our Redeemer, our High Priest, our Master Physician, our Great Teacher, our Savior, our Coming King, and our Best Friend, Jesus Christ.